I'm taking a break from our series devoted in the book of James to uh, just walk us through some of uh, our core values, our core distinctions, and give us the opportunity to sort of recenter ourselves uh, around why God has brought us all together as a church uh, here in the city of Wilmington. And so last week we said that we were marked, which meant that we were called to gather. And so we're called to gather because we love the word. And so when we say that here at Epiphany, what we mean is, is that we love the one who was revealed to us throughout the scriptures, who was called the word in first John. It tells us that the word was God, the word was with God and all that stuff that talks about in first James. We're talking about Jesus, right? So we love Jesus. And that's why we gather. All right, there we go. Y'all awake. All right, let's get to it. So uh, today, I'm going to talk to us today about being marked. Um, and being marked means that we're called to invite. We're called to invite. And so I'm going to walk us through a little bit about what that looks like. Jesus began his ministry by calling men and women to follow him and be his disciples. And so today, the invitation of Jesus, it remains the same. It is to follow him as his student and to embrace his teachings in every area of your life. And so Jesus continues to call us to be his students and his apprentices. And so being a follower of Jesus means, listen to this, it means that we Order our lives around three primary purposes. You ready for these? These primary purposes are this. Number one, being with God. Being with God. Being a disciple means that you get to spend time with God. And so we want to center ourselves around that primary purpose is being with Jesus, actually spending time with him. Uh, oftentimes what we find ourselves doing is that we're doing stuff for Jesus, but never spending time with Jesus. And so I want to encourage us to be with him. The next primary purpose that uh, we see in the life of a disciple or a follower of Jesus is becoming like Jesus. It doesn't make any sense for you to spend a bunch of time with the master of the universe and not become like him. It doesn't make any sense for you not to be shaped into his image, to be formed into his likeness, which is what we are all called to do. And then the last purpose is this, doing what Jesus did. So we're called to do what Jesus did. <laughs> we're called to be like him, but also to do the kind of things that he did. And here's the four things that Jesus did. Here's what I believe. You ready? Jesus did four key things. Number one, he gathered with people. He gathered people and gathered with people. Jesus was a master gatherer. He was able to gather people to him because of the work that he was doing, because of the message that he was preaching. He was able to gather people to him, and then he gathered with people on a regular basis, so much so that he gathered with people that people started to talk about the type of people that he was gathering with. They didn't like the kind of folks that he was gathering with. The next thing we see is that Jesus invited people to repent for the coming kingdom. He invited them to repent for the coming kingdom. And here's where we're going to spend some time today. 
And then third, he gave his life for the benefit of others. We'll talk about that next week. And then lastly, he served those who should have been serving him. And we'll talk about that in the last week of the series. So this series, Marked, is going to explore four things. Uh, It's going to explore four things that disciples do. Number one, they gather. Say gather. Gather. Number two, they invite. Invite. Number three, they give. Give. And lastly, they serve. serve. All right. So we'll be in Matthew chapter 22 today, verses 9 through 10. If somebody, can somebody grab me a bottle of water? Because I already feel myself going dry up here. Um, Matthew chapter 22, verses 9 through 10. Hear these words of our Father as we read them. If you don't have it in your Bible, we'll have it for you up here on the screen, all right? Uh, Matthew 22, it reads... Go then to where the roads exit the city and invite them. Invite everyone you find to the banquet. So those servants went out on the roads and gathered everyone they found. (laughs) I love this phrase, both good and evil. (laughs) They were just finding all kinds of people out there, good and evil. And then it says, then the wedding banquet was filled with guests. The wedding banquet was filled with guests. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to be able to gather around your word. Uh, We don't take it lightly, God, that you have given us your word. We don't take that lightly. We don't take it lightly, the, the great lengths that you went to to preserve your word throughout the centuries and the millennium so that it's preserved for us today so that we're able to read it and to understand it and to glean from it and to, and to be washed by it and to receive everything, all the nutrients that it has for us. And so, Father, I pray, God, that you would help us today, God, as we hear the word that we might be not just hearers of the word, but also doers of the word. And when we hear this word, we would respond, Lord, help us to obey. And so, Father, it's in your spirit that I pray that you would be with me as I proclaim your word. God, stand in my body, think through my mind, and speak through my mouth. Let the words of my mouth be acceptable to you. In Jesus' name, amen. So, ready? There were two sisters who received an invitation, right? Uh, One sister received the phone call, so she answered the phone. And she's just talking on the phone. And when she finishes the conversation, she's on the phone. She's like, yep, sure, yeah, absolutely, let's do it. And so when she gets off the phone, her sister says, what was that? She says, well, he wants us, he wanted to know if we would go to the theater with him. And I said that we would. So the other sister said, okay, cool. Well, who was that on the phone? And she says, oh, gracious. Oh, my goodness, I don't even know. I didn't even bother to ask. (laughs) And so her sister says, how can you accept an invitation when you don't know who the invitation is from? And that's a lot like what we see today. I want to help us today. That's what we see today. Oftentimes, we forget who it is that we're inviting people to meet when we invite them to the Savior. Oftentimes we forget who we are inviting them to meet when we're inviting them to the Savior. See, what has happened in our world, what happened in Christian culture in particular, everything has become about an invitation to church. 
Everything has just been, hey, invite them to church. And I understand that because it gets people in a place and in a position where, where they can see the worship of God and hear the word be preached and all of that kind of stuff. But an invitation to church is not enough. An invitation to church isn't sufficient enough if it is not attached to inviting people to meet the greatest person of all time. See, when we are inviting people to, to, to church, we ought to be saying to them, hey, listen, I want you to come and see a man. I want you to come and see a man who changed my life. I want you to come and see a man who told me everything I've ever done. I want you to come and see a man who was able to transform your life and to take away your sins. Oftentimes we forget who we're inviting people to meet so we don't invite. <laughs> That's part of the reason why we don't invite people to church is because oftentimes we forget about the Savior. Oftentimes we forget about Jesus. See, we go and we're going about our daily lives and we're just living our lives and doing the things that we do, right? We're just going about and doing the stuff that we've got going on and it just all seems just normal and commonplace. But we forget about the reality that one day you were lost and now you're found. One day you were sinking deep in your sin far from the peaceful shore, and now Jesus has placed your feet on a rock where you can stand firm in him. And see, we oftentimes forget about who it is that we get to invite people into relationship with. But Jesus, listen to this, Jesus teaches us that an invitation to meet him can change your life. An invitation to meet Jesus can change someone's life. And so I want to help us, right, because I'm not just pulling this stuff out of the air. I, I, when I say that being a disciple means that we gather and that we invite, I'm pointing us to the fact that Jesus was a master inviter. Jesus made so many invitations to people to follow him. He made so many invitations for people to repent for the coming kingdom is at hand. He made so many invitations for people to turn away from the stuff that, that they were walking with and the things that, that they were committing their lives to and to drop that stuff off and to follow him. Jesus was a master inviter, and we have to learn how to invite how Jesus did. John chapter 1 verse 39, we see Jesus. This is his very first invitation. John chapter 1 verse 39. He says, come and you will see. Come and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying. And they stayed, listen to this, they stayed with him that day, and it was about four in the afternoon. This is the first of Jesus' gracious invitations to come to him. See, on this occasion, right after his baptism, uh, uh, by John the Baptist uh, or the baptizer, he invited two potential disciples to come with him to his dwelling place. Now, we don't know where that was because Jesus tells us uh, in Matthew 8:20, he says that the son of man didn't have a place to lay his head. So uh, uh, but that's OK, though, because just 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 one night abiding with Jesus can change your life. 
Just one night abiding with Jesus can change your life. Just one night spending time with Jesus has the ability to change your life. If you don't believe me, ask Paul when he met Jesus on the road to Damascus. Just just one glimpse of the Savior is able to change your life. Just one picture of him, just, just seeing him clearly for the first time in your life is able to change your life. And so soon afterwards, Jesus would issue another invitation in in Mark chapter 1, verse 17, where he says, follow me (laughs) and I will make you fishers of men. He was talking to a bunch of fishermen and he told them, listen, don't worry about that stuff. Follow me and I'll make you fishers for people. And, and, And look at what happened. He invited them to follow him, and they never went back home. <laughs> these men who, who, had a, who, who had a career, these men who had a set lifestyle, these men who, who had already had stuff in place, one of them had a wife already, these people who already had stuff set up and, and their life going in a particular direction, the invitation from Jesus is so powerful that it's able to stop people in their tracks and say, give up that stuff and follow me. I need us to see this, listen here, that they never went back home again. They start, they, they spent the rest of their lives following after Jesus. First he invites them to come and see and know him, and then he tells them to come with him so that they could win others. See, there is a wonderful invitation to come to him that is attached to a mission. See, it, we, we get it twisted up. Sometimes we, we think that, that it is, it, it's, it's about the, just, just worship, right? We come and we just come together to worship God. That's, that's not why we're gathered together, though. The reason why we're gathered together is because we're gathered together under one mission. We're gathered together under the mission of Christ to go out into all the world and to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, teaching them, and all things that I have commanded you. That's why we gather together so that we can get together because we know we've got one mission, we know we've got one goal in mind, and that is to reach the world for Jesus. And so he's calls us to this reality here. But then we have to understand that there are some people who he calls and gives a wonderful invitation for them to come and get relief from the burdens and cares of their life. Matthew eighteen twenty eight tells us, he says, come unto me, all ye who labor and are heavy. I'm sorry, I learned it in the King James, who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Some of us are in need of rest today. Some of us are in need of rest that only the Savior is able to provide for you. And listen to me, family of God. Listen to me. He is able to give you the rest that you need. All you have to do is trust in him. He is able to give you the rest that you need. He goes on to say, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And note the promise to those who accept his invitation in John chapter 6, verse 37. He says this, he says, everyone the Father gives to me will come. And the one who comes to me, listen to this, he says, I'll never cast them out. See, we have to know and understand 
that when we accept the invitation from Jesus, he'll never cast us away. When we accept the invitation from Jesus, he will never let go of us. See, so many of us have been in such a down place because we have fallen into some stuff that we never thought that we would fall into. And we think that Jesus is mad at us. We think that he's upset with us. But the reality is this, is that he loves you so infinitely. He loves you more today. He doesn't love you any more today than he did on the day that you first received him. You are fully loved in him. You are fully loved by him. You are fully received by him. You will never be able to be taken from the hand of the Savior once you receive his invitation. That's good news. And so what we get to see is that he says, I'll never cast you out. I'll never cast you out. And so we see this in some of the personal invitations that Jesus made. Bear with me. I'm laying a foundation so you can understand. He, He gives a personal invitation to Zacchaeus. The, the, the seeking sinner glimpses Jesus from afar. <laughs> he takes a glimpse of Jesus while he's up in a sycamore tree. And, and, and when Jesus peeks him, Jesus says, listen, come down for today. I'm going to abide with you. He tells him that in Luke 19. He says, come down from where you are. I know you're searching. I know you're seeking. I know you're trying to find something in this life so that you can correct the things that you've done in your life. And the way to correct those things in your life is in a person who's standing right in front of you, and his name is Jesus. If you've got some stuff in your life that you need to get right, you can't fix it on your own. You don't have enough detergent to wash away your sins. Tide isn't strong enough to get rid of the, 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 the sins in your life. Only the blood of Jesus is powerful enough to cleanse you from all of your unrighteousness. And so he tells the kids, he says, listen, bro, come down here. For today I'm going to abide with you in your house. And Jesus makes the same invitation to you today. Come down from where you are. Come down from that hiding place so that he might abide with you today to Lazarus his friend he says now, now watch this Lazarus who is dead and bound in a tomb to him he cries out Lazarus come here he, he, he calls into the grave and says Lazarus come over here on me I, I need to talk to you come, come over here and so I want you to see this Not even the grave could prevent the invitation of Jesus. Not even the grave could stop the call of the Savior. When the Savior is calling you, when the Savior is searching after you, when he's making a call to your life, there's nothing in your life that will be able to stop his calling of you. You can run all you want to. Ask me, I know. We know. I tried to run. For a whole lot of years, I tried to run. (laughs) But he's like, nah, I got you. (laughs) Get over here. That Mortal Kombat, get over here. (laughs) That's how Jesus do you. (laughs) When his hand is on you, (laughs) when his hand is on you, when his call is on your life, there's nothing you can do. Nothing death can do. 
And so there are other invitations from the Lord, and I need us to see this because I want you to understand what I'm, inv- what I'm calling you to do today is not something that I made up. I need you to see that what I'm calling you to do today is directly connected to the life of Jesus himself. This is how Jesus lived his life. And so remember, if we're going to be disciples, we get to be with Jesus, we get to become like Jesus, and then we get to do the stuff that Jesus did. And so there are other invitations from the Lord that come with a gracious promise to those who come. But note especially the final invitation in the Bible. Go to Revelations twenty two seventeen. It says, both the spirit and the bride say, come, let anyone who hears come. Let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who desires to take the water of life to take it freely. And so Jesus offers us this precious invitation to come and to quench our thirst at the well of the living water. He calls us to come and quench our thirst. Essentia can't do it. Deer Park can't do it. Fiji can't do it. I feel my help coming. Listen, he, none, none of those things are able to do it. Only the living water of Jesus is able to quench the thirst of your longing. And listen, everybody got thirst. <laughs> we all got thirst. Some of y'all more thirsty than others, but we all got thirst. <laughs> listen, we all got some kind of thirst in our soul that can only be quenched by Jesus. The reason why you put pictures up on Instagram the way you do is because you got a thirst and you got to realize that Jesus is the only one who's able to quench that thirst for you. Y'all not going to be real with me. Listen, <laughs> thank you, Taylor. <laughs> we got to see, I want you to see this, that those who are marked know that an invitation has power. Those of us who are marked know that an invitation to Jesus has power. And so I want us to look at our key text today, Matthew 22 and 9. He tells them this. He says, go then to where the roads exit the city and invite everyone you find to the banquet. He's calling them. He's saying, listen, go. That means pursue on the journey on which you have entered. Go. That means to follow after the one. That means to become an adherent of the one who has called you. He's telling them. Jesus is giving this parable, and he's teaching them about about the coming of the kingdom. He's telling them that there is a banquet and, and, the, and there are people who have been invited to this banquet, but there are some who have rejected the invitation, but that's all right. He's extending the invitation to others who you wouldn't think he should extend the invitation to, and that's you and that's me. We're the ones who he shouldn't have extended the invitation to. There's nothing in us that has marked us. There's nothing in us that has set us up for this invitation. There's no good stuff that we we did to make us ready for this invitation, but this invitation has been extended to us because of the character of the king, not the character of the receiver of the invitation. And so he tells them, he says, go therefore, or go then, go accordingly to where the roads of the city exit. 
go there and invite everyone to come. The road here is talking about the way that is traveled or, or, or the road that is taken, but it speaks more to this. It speaks more to a way of thinking, feeling, and behaving. And so what we're called to do, family of God, is we're called to place ourselves into spaces and to places and to where we have an understanding about how people are thinking and how people are feeling about certain things. And we make sure that we get ourselves into those places so that we can interact with people and tell them about the message of Jesus. We're called, family, not to just be on our own doing our own thing. We're called to be ambassadors for Jesus, going out and proclaiming the message of Jesus to the world. Now, the world is your world, (laughs) where you reside, the place where you interact, the place where you go. Is my towel over there? The place where you go and interact. Thank you. And so what we get to do, we get to go into places where God has for each and every one of us. Listen to me. This is the special thing about it. I can't reach who you can reach. You can't reach who I can reach. And that's why each part, that's why the scripture talks about the body, right? And each part having its own place and own role. Each member of the body of Christ is as important as the other. (laughs) The only one that's more important is the head. And that's Jesus. None of you are the head. Let me help you <laughs> when it comes to the body of Christ. Jesus is the head. And so we're all important because none of us can reach where other people can reach. And so he tells them to go out into the roads where the city exits. Listen to this. This idea here about where the city exits, it, it talks about the way through or the, the parting of the highway. But, but, but figuratively, this represented in, in, in this time, uh, the, the Jews would have understand, uh, understood this as the territory of the heathen nations. They would have understood it as the territory of the heathen nations. And so Jesus, in instructing the disciples in this parable, he's telling them, listen, don't just be concerned about the people who you like. Don't just be concerned about the people within your affinity group. Don't just be concerned with the people who look like you. He's telling them to go out to the people who are considered heathens among you. Go out to the people who are considered not good enough to receive this message. And once you get there, invite them to the banquet. Here's what the Savior is saying to us. This word here for invite is a word that means to call aloud or to, to name someone by name. But more than that, it, it, is, it has this meaning of receiving a name. This is good. What we get to do when we invite people to the Savior is that we make an invitation that allows them to receive the name on them. What we get to do when we invite people to meet the Savior is that we give them the opportunity to have the name written on them. (laughs) See, when we invite people to Jesus, here's what happened. Watch this. They become marked. 
when we invite people to meet Jesus, they become marked. Don't believe me? Look at Revelations 22, 3 through 4. It says that there will no longer be any curse, and the throne of God and the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will worship him, and they will see his face. Watch this. And his name will be on their foreheads. Listen, when you receive the invitation to Jesus, you get his name on you. When you receive the name of Jesus, when you receive the invitation from Jesus, you become marked and you have his name on you. And here's the important part about having his name on you. Watch this. The scripture tells us that he has been given a name that is above every name. And at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess on the earth, under the earth, in the earth, that he is Lord. So when you bear the name of Jesus on you, (laughs) you bear the most powerful name in the world. When you've been marked, you bear the most powerful name in your life. No other name is more powerful than that name. No other name (laughs) is better than that name. No other name is stronger than that name. No other name is greater than that name. No other name is more powerful than that name. That name, Jesus. Y'all shout Jesus. Shout Jesus. Shout Jesus. There's no name greater than the name of Jesus. Hear this. And then he goes on, he says, listen, tell everyone, tell as many people as you find, as many people as you discover. But he's telling them, listen, this word suggests that in order to find them, you got to meet with them. So what he's telling you is this. You'll never be able to extend an invitation to people when you live your life in such a way that you're siloed from other people. We know how we do. We get up, we go to work, and now y'all ain't even got to get up to go to work. (laughs) Y'all just on your screen. Now some of y'all, they don't even want you to check in on the screen. They're just like, is the work done? Like, like, is it finished? And so you don't even have to go into the screen and and do all that. And so you, you, you get off work and you go do your shopping, you put your mask on, you go out there and you go running around and you don't really talk to anybody, and then you come back, you pull up uh, in, front, in your house, and then you take your groceries out, and you just carry them right into the house, and then you're in the house for the rest of the day watching Netflix. <clears throat> Except for when y'all outside, because some of y'all be outside. <laughs> y'all be outside. <laughs> but here's, here, here's what this idea is suggesting to us. It's suggesting to us that that the Savior, the Master, wants us to position ourselves so that we can meet with people, so that we can invite them to the banquet. And so we got to get position ourselves. We got to place our lives in a place where people get to meet with, with, with the Savior because we invited them to the Savior because we spent time around other people. We don't just stay in our house, watch our Netflix and our Hulu and our Amazon. And Discovery and Paramount and all the, uh, y'all got all the subscriptions. I got them too. <laughs> but we got all the subscriptions. 
And so we're not supposed to live our lives like that. We're supposed to live our lives in a way that we are connected with other people. And so listen to this. I'm telling you this. That this call to invite is based on this principle. That we live woven with each other. That idea is not just that we that we're in community with our brothers and sisters, but that means that our lives are interwoven into all of the fabric of our city. Our lives are interwoven into the fabric of every place that we find ourselves, like we're like where we work, where our lives are interwoven into our jobs in such a way that we're not just working with these people, but we are living with these people and, and, and we're connected to these people and we're woven. Here's why. So that we can have an opportunity to share the message of Jesus with them. All you do is go to your cubicle, eat your cheese sandwich. Half of y'all don't know that reference, like for real, for real. Uh, <laughs> but you go there and you just do that, and you don't ever interact with nobody. That's not the call from the Savior, because here's what the call is. He tells them to go and find everybody, tell everyone that they can, and find them so they can invite them to the banquet. Here's what the banquet is. This word here is the word for marriage or matrimony. Being invited to Jesus leads to people being grafted in to the bride of Christ. Being invited to Jesus means being invited into the marriage ceremony of the Lamb. That's better than some invitation. Excuse me. That's better than some invitation to church. An invitation to church is, is, is a vehicle. So do that. Invite people to church. But don't invite people to church as if that, that is the end. Like, I did my job. I invited them to church. No, you didn't. That's the starting point of your job. Your job is to walk people hand in hand <laughs> so that they step into their position and their, and their reality as being part of the body of Christ, as being part of the bride of Christ, the church. That's what the church is. The church is the bride of Christ. And so if we're going to be marked, we must be with Jesus, become like Jesus, and do what Jesus did. So we we invite people to Jesus so that they can become part of his bride. Revelation 19 and 7 tells us this, that that is cause for rejoicing. (laughs) He says, let us be glad, rejoice, and give him glory. Because the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his, his bride has prepared herself. So we invite in order to make preparations for the bride of the Lamb. We invite people into a relationship with the Savior 
so that we make preparations for the bride of the lamb. Here's what I mean by this is this, is that when we invite people, family, when we invite people into relationship with Jesus, what we do is we prepare them to become like the bride, to become the bride of Christ so that they can walk with him for the rest of their days. See, being married to the lamb is not like marriage in our day. People separate, divorce, do all that kind of stuff all the time. But this marriage is an eternal one. This marriage will last forever. This marriage will be forever in eternity. We will forever be his bride. And listen, family of God, he's calling us to this. He's calling us to this. It's to be his servants and to gather everyone we find so that the wedding banquet might be filled with guests. Verse 10, Matthew 22. He says that the wedding banquet was filled with guests. He's telling them to go out into the roads and to gather everyone that they found, both good and evil. And he's saying to this to them, he's saying to them this. Jump to Luke 14, 12. He's telling them this. He's saying, listen, this passage in, in Luke 14 parallels this passage in Matthew 22. He said also to the one who had invited them, when you give a lunch or a dinner, don't just invite your friends, your brothers, your sisters, your relatives or your rich neighbors because they might invite you back and you will be repaid. Verse 13, on the contrary, when you host a banquet, invite those who are poor, maimed, lame, and blind. Family, we have to shift our perspective to this understanding. We were those who were poor. We are those who have been named by circumstances. We are those who have been lame. We are those who are blind. One thing I know about people who are poor, maimed, lame, and blind, that they stick together. They're, they're with each other. If something's going on, they're, they're telling the other one about it. The people invited to the table were those who were the least, the last, the lost and the left out. And lest we forget, that was us. So before you turn your nose up at making an invitation to somebody in this category, remember that that's you. And if it had not been for Jesus, it would still be.
Earlier in the chapter of Matthew 22, we see that people rejected the invitation for various reasons. So the king extended a new invitation to a new set of people. But I want you to understand this. The people who were in this new category of receiving this new invitation, they had a different posture than those who had been previously invited. See, those who were invited, they had more gratitude. When you've got it all, being invited somewhere is not really a big deal. But when you've got nothing, being invited to the king's table is of great blessing. And so being invited leads to more gratitude. Being invited leads to more joy. You wouldn't have seen these people sitting at the table with their hands folded quiet. Not at the king's table. And see, oftentimes we come to the king's table each and every week. And we sit with our hands folded. We sit quietly. As if we have not been invited to the table of the king of kings and the lord of lords each and every week. That's why we gather, family. Because we get to sit at the king's table. Being invited leads to more fame. Not fame for you. But imagine the king extending an invitation to the poor, the lame, the blind. Imagine the news coverage on that. Imagine the social media trending on that. King invites the poor to his table. King invites the broken to his table. King invites the weak to his table. King invites the hurting to his table. And family, you need to understand that you being invited to the table had little to do with your fame. But it had everything to do with the spread of his fame throughout the earth. This great king, this great king invites us all. So we invite others. He says, invite everyone you find so that the house might be filled. The house being filled is the, it, it, it talks about being fulfilled or to be furnished. And the word furnish has a couple meanings, but one of the meanings is this, is to be a source of or to provide for. And so we invite people to the king's table so that they see that God's house is a source of provision for them. It's a source. We invite them to this marriage supper so that we might dine together as his guest and dine at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Revelations 19, 9. And I'm done. It says, Then, then he said to me, Right, blessed are those 
have been invited to the marriage feast of God. He said also to me, these words of God are true. Family, if you've been invited to the marriage feast of the Lamb, you are blessed. You are blessed beyond measure because you have been at the table. Here's what you need to understand. At the closing of this portion of this of this passage in Matthew 22, we see this, this, this careful phrase in verse 14. We see this. He says this. For many are invited, but few are chosen. If you're in Christ's family, you've been chosen. If you are in Christ Jesus, you have been chosen. give invitations, we spread them out there, we, we do all that stuff like that. But when one comes to Christ, they've been chosen. And the scripture tells us this. We quote this wrong. But it tells us this. That there is great rejoicing in the presence of the angels when one comes to know the Savior. We say it like the angels are rejoicing, right? When one comes, the angels are rejoicing. But that's not what the passage says. The passage says that there is great rejoicing in the presence of the angels when one comes to know. Who is in the presence of the angels but God the Father himself? So when you come to know the Savior... The Savior is rejoicing. God is rejoicing. God the Father is rejoicing in heaven when one receives the invitation. And so, family, we got a lot of work to do. We got a lot of work to do. Because being marked is, I'm closing, being marked means inviting people to the master. Being marked means becoming a master inviter so that you can invite people to the Savior. And then lastly, being marked means leaving the invitation in the master's hands. It's not your job to save anybody. (laughs) He does that. (laughs) And he does that better than you could ever do it. He is mighty to save, as the scripture tells us. Father, we thank you that we have been marked. God, we thank you that we have been marked and that you have called us into relationship with you. As those who bear your marks in our body, God, we surrender ourselves to you today. Help us to know that we've been called by the Savior. We've been called to invite others into relationship with the Savior. And like the woman at the well, may we run back to those who don't know and tell them, come see a man. Come see a man. Father, we thank you. We give you praise, honor, and glory belong to you. 
In the matchless name of Jesus Christ, we pray. With thanksgiving in our hearts. Amen. 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 Blessings to you, family. Thank you so much for choosing to worship with us this Thank you so much for choosing to worship with us this morning. chosen to follow Jesus, you've just made the best decision of your life, and we are so excited, and all of heaven is rejoicing with us. Click the link at the bottom of the screen, and someone from Epiphany Church will follow up with you as soon as possible. If you have chosen to become a member of Epiphany Church Wilmington today, welcome, and we cannot wait to meet you. Click the link at the bottom of the screen, and someone will contact you as soon as possible. Also, if you could give And there are several ways to give. You could click the link at the bottom of the screen. You could text. You could download the app. But we need you to give. Uh, Without your giving, we would not be able to do any of the things that we do as a church in the community. Once again, thank you so much for worshiping with us this morning. Like, comment, subscribe, and share, and tell a friend to tell a friend about what God is doing here at Epiphany Church Wilmington, where we believe in being on the block, in the middle of it, for Jesus Christ. God bless you all, and you have all have a wonderful week. Thank you so much for
Thank you.